What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Goat Show. It's been far too long. We're getting back in it. You got Goat and Ryan back here today. Ryan, how's it going? It's going good. How about you, Goat? Not too bad. I I kind of tweaked my back at work yesterday, so if I groan in agony at any point, that's why. But <laughs> other than that, I'm doing just fine. Good, good. So last time we talked about the draft a little bit. Um, kind of puts a date on how long it's been. Um, <laughs> so moving forward, I wanted to kind of clump together some kind of off-season reviews and then record predictions going into the season. And I like to do that by division. Keeps it nice and interesting. Um, so with that, why don't we get started? Kicking things off, talking about the AFC North today. Uh, first things first, let's talk about the Steelers. Now, uh, as a Steelers fan, I'm sure you have a lot to say about this, but I'll just go through a mm-hmm. few things quickly. Uh, first of all, they kind of famously went into the offseason with a lot of debt, and I think they came out decent um, given that. They lost Bud Dupree. Alejandro Villanueva, James Conner, Vance McDonald, Marquise Pouncey, and Steven Nelson. Just some of their big, bigger losses to either free agency or retirement. And then I don't think they added any big free agents, right? No, no, not really. Mostly just, mostly just draft. Yeah, they were pretty quiet there. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously they drafted Najee Harris in the first round. Pat, I think this is the first time I've tried to say his last name out loud. Is it Friermuth? Uh, I believe so. I've I've always heard Fryer move. So yeah, I, th- I think oh, you're right. Yeah. Um, and then Quincy Roche, just some some of their draft picks that I found interesting. Now, a lot of people criticize the Harris pick. Personally, I'm still of the belief that running backs matter, um, <laughs> and I think that's a fair spot to take one. So I don't have a problem with it. They needed a guy. And I think he really fits what they need. What I didn't like is I think they should have gone with a lineman in the second round just because they did lose two starters and didn't really make any attempt to address that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, looking at where they picked uh, Fryermuth at tight end, there were two of the top centers in the draft, and Creed Humphrey and Josh Myers went just a little bit later at the end of the second round. Um, so I personally would have liked to see them go in that direction, but other than that, I think they had a solid off season for what they were given. I think Quincy Roche is a really high upside pick. Where was he in the sixth? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So that could turn out really well as a nice developmental guy. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with them. What are what are your thoughts about how they managed this offseason? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I respect Ben a lot for restructuring his deal. It, it puts the, his money where his mouth is, in a sense, because obviously his career is ticking down, and you know he keeps saying how he wants to win. And doing what he did by restructuring his deal really helps the team out now and going forward, since after this season the team will have a ton of cap space to work with. You know, in terms of resigning Law and and trying to add on top of what they have, so I know you mentioned mentioned it earlier before, and uh, yeah, just credit to Ben for restructuring his deal. Uh, speaking of stuff you mentioned earlier on, uh, talking about Najee, um, I have to admit I'm a bit indifferent to drafting him. The Steelers have always been successful in the past with great running backs like. Another guy with the last name Harris, Franco Harris, Jerome Bettis, Le'Veon Bell. So just knowing that history and that tradition of these great all-around backs that have contributed to such great teams, I feel like Najee fits in suit and is obviously incredibly talented with that Alabama pedigree. However, then on the flip side, drafting one in the first round when your team has other glaring needs – when the back in question is already 24 and isn't necessarily 
a generational talent, like, for example, like Saquon Barkley, when he was coming out of college, that isn't like a, like a no brainer straight up, like super talented back. Although Najee is obviously very good. And obviously knowing the modern NFL, the way backs aren't really important as important as one would think it's more so scheme and offensive line. I'm just kind of indifferent. However, I do think he's incredible, credible talent. He should be a day one impact player and just seeing him in interviews. He seems like a pretty cool, cool and funny guy. and, And he seems like a really upstanding person. And I'm happy that he's on the team, of course, and I'm excited to see him play. It's just, the whole con back in the first round with kind of what analytics and things like that say against it. I'm just indifferent if that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. I would like to correct you on one thing quickly. You said he was 24. He just turned 23 in March for what it's worth. Will he be? Oh, all right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, well, yeah, it's still yeah. 23, which, and running backs kind of entered the NFL in their prime when you think about it with their shelf life. Yeah. So he, he is a bit on the older side, but um, yeah, he's obviously an incredible talent. So I'm not mad that they drafted him. It's just upon thinking about it, there's that little thing in the back of my head that's like, well, was it the smartest thing to do when your team is glaring needs? That's up to question, but I'm happy about it. But you can't deny that running back was definitely up there with their biggest needs. Oh, for sure. It's just you look in, like, prior drafts and you see, like, guys going in the third round. Like, like Kamara was a third-round pick, right? I believe so, yeah. was early second. Second. Like, J.K. Dobbins last year was a second. Yeah. It's just you see, like, those backs going there that end up being impact players and – Great. I, I am excited to see him play. I think he's going to. Uh, moving on. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, take, take the team. I really like the skill position group, especially after Ajay and Friermuth. Uh, I still think Juju, Claypool, and Deontay have a ton of potential as a Great young wide receiver core. Oh, I forgot about James Wall, too. So, like, I really like their skill position group. The defense still has a ton of great players. I think they have the best front in football. Would you agree? Which, sorry? Oh, defensively? Um, Yeah. Definitely up there. Um, obviously, the Bucks are incredible. Hmm. Um. Sorry, that caught me off guard. But yeah, they definitely be oh. top five for sure. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I can uh, ramble on sometimes. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I know they've led the league in sacks the past four seasons, and led the league in sacks and takeaways last year. I still this is going to be legit, and um, I think their offense, especially with adding new offensive coordinator Matt Canada. Should be a big plus for the team. I think he's, at least from what I know of him, from some film I've watched of his college days as a coordinator, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of lot more play action, a lot more zone runs, actually using so you paid a decent amount of money to sit on the bench and play special teams for whatever reason last season. I think he's a bit of Shanahan in the his philosophy and the way he conducts his offense. And I would like to see the receivers be a bit more of an extension of the run game, kind of like what is done in San Francisco with guys like Debo Samuel and Grand Nayuk. And I feel like Claypool and Juju have the sort of physical traits to sort of be like those kind of players who sort of, you know, kind of balance out your offense and, and makes you more diverse in the way you attack things if that makes sense yeah for sure yeah i definitely like um their receiver group i'm not huge on juju i don't know what it is <laughs> that's just me but 
Uh, I like Claypool. I love his athleticism. Um, mm-hmm. And Deontay Johnson, if he can get <laughs> his hands in a better place, uh, his route running is so sharp. Like, mm-hmm. probably the most underrated route runner in the league right now. Um, so, yeah, if he can get his hands up to par, because I know he had a problem with that last year, I think, yeah, they could be a really interesting group. And I definitely looking forward to seeing how they can be used this season. Yeah, I totally agree. And and with Deontay, um, looking at his season last year, after the Bills game, where I don't know if you remember, he got, like, benched during it because of his drops. Yeah. And then, so he was sort of in the doghouse for a little bit. Around the game, they let him out of the doghouse, drop for the rest of the season. He's always, yeah. And Roxburgh, you know, he loves to hide. And just thinking back from the fantasy perspective, Deontay's still going to get a ton of targets. If he legally thousand yards receiving last year, I think he's going to be a big part for this offense, uh, gaining more consistency as time goes on. And I think the offensive coordinator and philosophy change will be big for them this year too because they can't be worse than the Jets offensively later on in the season, <laughs> which is something you touched upon in your notes. Like the, That game's in my opinion, will make or break their season. Like, if they actually wanted to go back to the playoffs playing, you know, Baltimore, I think Minnesota's going to be a dark horse team in the NFC this season. Tennessee, who just got Julio Jones. Kansas City, that's that, that's a, that's a that's nice. <laughs> yeah. And Cleveland, and at Baltimore, like, I guess the schedule makers just want to just hate the Steelers. <laughs> you've, yeah. You've given them that schedule at the end of the year. But yeah, I think that makes or breaks the team. I think very well think that they can improve. Like, I think they'll improve the team from last season. Of course, it's not that hard to be better than what they were, the way they were playing at the end of the season. But um, I think they'll be a better team, but I just think that there's schedule is going to hold them down especially since the division is kind of getting better around them it's going to be tough but I like I noted in the notes you know Mike Tomlin as critical as I can be of him sometimes has never had a losing season so in him and in the front office I trust and I think that they'll be able to put something good together this this year even if it's like prediction which is like nine and eight yeah uh yeah going off of that i yeah i'm ready to get into the record predictions if you are yeah yeah i'm all good well actually just just to touch upon one last thing i'll, I'll make it i'll make it quick um i'm talking about the Steelers, but uh um really banking on a lot of their later round Developing. I like oh, yeah. Dan Moore a lot. Um, I like Fryer Muth as an overall player. He seems like a really good tight end. I saw a stat have any red zone drops, which is in his career at Penn State, which is pretty great. They're going to need another red zone target. I think he'll flow well with Matt Canada's offense, but I got to say, passing on Creed Humphrey at the time when center was a giant need after Marquise Pouncey's retirement was a little little sus, but <laughs> I I think Kendrick Green, he has kind of Pouncey traits. He even kind of looks like Pouncey. Like if you even like look at them and their body types and even their face kind of look alike. <laughs> so maybe they kind of see a, a Pouncey in him, a sort of athletic center who can pull and, and do a lot of things at the second level. So I'm optimistic. I think they've developed players so well. And who knows, maybe Kendrick Green can be a diamond in the rough and be a reliable starting center and and allow, you know, the Steelers 
you know, drafting two skill position players in the first two rounds really worth it. Yeah, we'll have to see. Maybe they do just have a couple of secret weapons there that no one else really thought about. Yeah. They're, um, they're known to do that sometimes. They are one of the better drafting organizations, and they really needed that this year, and I guess we'll see how, how guys develop. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so moving on, like I said, getting to record predictions. Um, for the listeners, how I like to do this is I do – basically three sets where I do an optimistic prediction where I go through and basically that's what I think they'll do at their best. And then on the flip side, I do a pessimistic one where um, basically, yeah, the opposite of that, where if yeah, at their worst, and then I do a realistic one where I go through and pick, the entire season of how I expect things to go. Uh, and that one is kind of where my bias will show through a little bit, but um, that's why I do all three to kind of cover that ground. So with that um, for the Steelers, my optimistic prediction is about 12 and five. My pessimistic is literally the opposite at five and 12 and then I was a little tough on them. My realistic one, I gave them a seven and 10. And yeah, like you said, there are a ton of swing games on their schedule, just games that could absolutely go either way. Um, and who knows? I, I kind of slept on them going the last year. I know even with the collapse at the end, they definitely – we're a competitive team. Um, they still were twelve and four. Yeah, even though <laughs> they they were they were the trad travis trad trad travesty. There you go. I'm trying to say at the end of the season, it they, they still went twelve and four, which is still a very good record, all things considered. Yeah, even they started eleven and zero. <laughs> yeah. So, based on that, I. I don't really think that the Steelers will go seven and 10 uh, is just kind of how the process played out. Um, But yeah, like you pointed out, there are so many tough games at the end of the schedule. Like you said, playing the Ravens at home, going on the road to Minnesota, hosting the Titans and then playing the chiefs Browns and Ravens to end the season. That's technically your last six games against all playoff caliber teams, which is, super rough mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so I, I i concur <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i think a lot of their season will depend on how they finish out um because it's not an easy schedule all throughout um so yeah based on that uh what do you what are your predictions looking like then? well of course you can see that <laughs> yeah Okay, we're good now? Yeah, yeah, all good. I hear you fine. It's coming through clear. Okay. Um, Yeah, so why don't you go ahead and give us your record predictions for the Steelers this year? Oh, all right. Well, we we agree on um, optimistic. I went 12-5 and as well. Like I said, they still have a very talented team. Uh, I think their offense is going to be better. There's a lot of and Tom will never have a losing losing season in teen seasons, I believe, is still remarkably impressive. So I think at their best, a lot of these swing swing games go their way. You know, you never in football it's you know, a lot of a lot of different things can happen. Optimistic, best case scenario, I think twelve and five. Realistically, I say nine and eight, just solely because of um, you know, obviously, like you said, swing games. You know, swing games would be probably around like a five hundred record. So that's why with realistic, I go nine and eight. I think they could be a bit better, 
but they could very easily. So I think it's a nice like middle ground. Yeah. If that makes sense. Uh, pessimistic, kind of like yours. I, mine was like six and 11. It's kind of like the worst case scenario where yeah. the swing games don't go their way. And the Steelers always have a knack every single season to lose to a ball 500 team on the road. <laughs> it every year uh, you know this is too right yeah i call it the tomlin trap game and it happens every year and it's like you would think this year with how hard their schedule is they won't let up at all like playing the Bengals in pittsburgh or well that's not really or like you know you're playing a team on the road that's not very good by nfl standards like you think oh the steelers Steelers are going to win this one. Steelers are going to Dallas with who was playing quarterback for Dallas that game? Um, I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's the point. <laughs> that, that dude playing quarterback, Dallas just got gashed the previous game. Steelers are undefeated. Oh, they're fine. No, no, they're down most of the game, and Big Ben has to have heroics for them to. So like, you know, pessimistic six and eleven. They have a Tomlin trap game here and there. Swing games don't go their way. I think the season will be more in the middle ground of that. I think they'll win a lot of these close games and get wins in the division. But I also think the schedule will end up wearing out on them and playing so many great teams. You can only win so many so many games so that's why i feel like a, a middle ground of nine and eight yeah for sure uh i looked it up it was garrett gilbert that game for the cowboys <laughs> oh yeah 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 uh, he actually, played he actually had a well. solid game if i remember yeah. so yeah um, I, he did credit to him yeah yeah but another note from me is i at least in recent years the steelers have had a problem winning games when they needed to. <laughs> you know what they've, I mean? They've been bad um, for the last three seasons. Been kind of sauce in December. Yeah, so based on that, it, that's a big reason why I have them finishing as poor as I did. <laughs> um, they're going to get tested. So, yeah, we'll have to see how they come out of that. Yeah, yeah, it's... That's something I didn't even think to bring up was how bad they've been in December. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, maybe it's because my brain is just trying to forget. Like, you know how your brain, like, sometimes yeah. you're thinking about things in your memory. <laughs> you, you the bad stuff. <laughs> you know, two, getting down 20-plus points in the last two playoff games they've been in. I try to forget about that, but uh, <laughs> how can you? It's, it's the, the, the pain is real. Yeah, exactly. Um, does that? I think that wraps up everything I wanted to say about the Steelers. Did you have any last thoughts? Uh, you know, I can always go on and on about the <laughs> Steelers, but no, nah, that's all I have. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic about this season. That, that's all I'll say. Sounds good. Uh, <laughs> so moving on, um, let's get going in with the Ravens. They also had a solid amount of losses this offseason. Um, but I think they were in better position to account for those. Uh, so some notable ones, you got Matt Judon leaving in free agency. You got the Orlando Brown trade and then Willie Sneed, another free agent. And then they released Mark Ingram. Um, yeah, on the they flip side of that, yeah. Um, yeah. On the flip side of that, they added, Villanueva from the Steelers. Looks like he's going to be playing right tackle for them this year. Uh, and then in the draft, they got Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota and Odafe. Is that how you say it? Odafe Owe? I, I, I Formerly Jason. Know. And then he came out afterwards that he wanted to go with that. Um, so, yeah, I think, honestly, I think they might have had the most underrated draft in the league nobody's really talking about it but they went out and filled some really nice holes on their roster and didn't have to do anything crazy to do it like they 
in Bateman, they got a nice, reliable wide receiver who can make tough catches, which they haven't had um, as long as I can remember, really. Uh, but especially in the Lamar Jackson era. And then, in a way, you got a pass rusher with insane upside. And, like, some people are skeptical of if whether or not he could reach his athletic potential. But I think if anybody is going to get the most out of him, the Ravens are one of those teams. And then uh, another one I had here was Sean Wade <laughs> in the fifth. Um they already have a lot of corners, so there won't be a lot of pressure on him. I think if he can develop into a quality slot corner, I think they'll be in some really, really nice. Yeah, sorry. They'll be in a really nice position um, with that second year going forward. Yeah, I agree. Do you want me to give my thoughts now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I um. I think the Ravens, I'm pretty high on them this season, which I know is weird to say as a Steeler fan. I know it hurts. But uh, I think they'll resemble kind of the second half of their season from last year. I think they'll be super off, a super efficient offense that should be even more opened up with Bateman. And I think it, in a contract year that Lamar has another you know really good season, it's hard to replicate how – insane his MVP was, which I think people even kind of forget about. Uh, I don't know if you know like the DVOA stat, but I think the Ravens were number one in rushing and passing DVOA in his MVP season, nice. which is insane. Which I, I Do you remember think... what DVOA stands for off the top of your head? I honestly don't. I just, you know, I, I've just been looking at analytics to try to sort of, you know, gain a greater understanding and upon seeing that i was like wow like that's that's pretty rare right okay it's a defense adjusted value over average so like i I don't mean to derail the conversation but what what is that what does that really mean um (laughs) good question I, I know it's a, it's a big. I know it's a big statistic, and, and it's, it's obviously from hearing about it a lot. Um, <laughs> breaks down the entire season play by play, comparing success on each play to the league average based on a number of variables, um, including down, distance, location, current score gap. Can be used to measure total team performance. Differs from other power ratings it can be broken down at team effectiveness in any number of ways um see this is why i don't really like analytics like this because i can read stuff like that and it still doesn't make much sense to me but yeah yeah in synopsis it's it's an important stat and it goes to show just how efficient that offense was that Lamar led and that's so hard to replicate, but I think he can do something like it. I I think the team's improving. I obviously, um, I also, I noted as well that, um, I think JK Dobbins is going to have a breakout year. All as an Ohio state fan watching him, I saw just how crazy of a talent he is. And I think that he's already a borderline top 10 running back. If you're just looking purely at skill set. Obviously, the volume isn't there yet, but I think maybe if they, they give him a bit more of a feature role going into this season, I think he's going to have a big year. Oh, the Ravens, just knowing them, their defense always tends to be legit. I know they lost some players, but I, I still think they're going to be good, especially if their run game is controlling the ball. And I know that this um is maybe a little bit difficult to, to speculate on right now, but we are giving our season predictions, I think that they'll be the biggest Super Bowl contender out of the AFC North, at least in my mind right now, and the overall third best team in the AFC behind Kansas City, which is my one. And although this comes to a surprise to a lot of people, uh, Indianapolis as my two. I can see that. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd probably, I'm not as 
big on the Colts, but I also mm-hmm. talk myself out of the Colts every single year, and then they surprise <laughs> me. So, <laughs> yeah, I just I I know I, not to derail the conversation again. I just think their roster is extremely balanced, and if Wentz if Wentz can arm at a level like we've seen, I think they're going to do a lot of damage. Yeah, for sure. That might be a pretty big if, though. Um. Oh, yeah, and I, I, I get that. Like, I could see the Ravens even being better than the Colts, or even, I know they're coming up a bit, or Cleveland. I, I It's pretty interchangeable as I see them right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, personally, I think the Browns might be a little bit more balanced right now, but I think the Ravens are a little more explosive, if that makes sense. Yeah, and have the best quarterback in the division. Yeah. You know, un- un- unarguably, like, the best quarterback in the division. Yeah. Who- who's even, I kind of, I don't want to call underrated as a talent. I feel like a lot of, like, the memes and stuff, people don't really know. Like, like Lamar really can't, like, he has a, you know, great arm strength. He's probably the running quarterback ever. Like, that's pretty insane, even though one of my issues with him, he's could be, he could be a bit erratic with the ball sometimes, but other than that, I think he's he's pretty remarkable. Yeah, so I'm excited to see what he can do um, with these new weapons, especially Bateman, giving mm-hmm. him a guy other than Mark Andrews that he can just go to in any situation. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's definitely something that held them back in the playoffs the past couple of years, so I think that's a really huge addition for them. Moving on, I'd like to get into their record predictions. Um, so for them, for the optimistic one, I have them at 15 and two with, I believe, ooh, how did I do that? I think it was a loss to the Chiefs and the Steelers probably, or maybe the Browns, I don't remember. Um, so yeah, 15 and two, Hopefully 14 and three, somewhere in there. <laughs> and then... Oddly enough, my realistic one is 14 and three, like I just said. Um, losses to the Chiefs, Steelers, and Browns. I think that's fair. They also they do have a game against the Rams later in the season. Um, Colts week five. A couple few games that could go either way. But I think they are they're just such a talented team that I don't that I expect them to win those games. But yeah, on the flip side of that, for their pessimistic prediction i have them at eight and nine so still nicer <laughs> than the Steelers one but yeah yeah uh what do you have for them this season yeah it, it's around the similar i have optimistic 14 and three um it's literally one less win than you gave them yeah um it's kind of like what you said it's probably that their losses are probably be the, the same losses as you said I think they're the best team in the AFC North right now. But um, obviously, you never know what can happen. Realistic is my realistic prediction is 13 and 4, more of, the, more of the same. And my pessimistic is a bit less pessimistic at 10 and 7. Yeah. Um, sorry, did you remember what who the losses were for your realistic one my realistic one uh, to be honest not really probably um one in the Steelers, one in the cleveland and then probably then in kc i can't i can't think of the fourth one maybe, the maybe indianapolis i think yeah. it was indianapolis i be honest i kind sense. of scrolled through their schedule and and, and saw yeah. some i didn't really write it down yeah they do also have the Dolphins and then the Packers and Rams, like I said, later in the year. So hmm. there's a lot of interesting games, um, but I'm really excited to see what they can do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, wrapping things up with the Ravens, I'd like to talk about the Browns now. Uh, obviously coming off their great year last year. Um a lot of turnover on defense is kind of the story on the offseason. They lost Sheldon Richardson, although he is still a free agent, could bring him back. Uh, Olivier Vernon, Carl Joseph, 
Andrew Sandejo, a couple safeties, and then another defensive tackle in Larry Ogunju. Uh, sorry, Ogunjobi. Ogunjobi. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but they did a great job replacing those guys, bringing in Jadavian Clowney and Tack McKinley at defensive end, um, Malik Jackson, defensive tackle. Um, did a lot of work to the secondary, bringing in Troy Hill and John Johnson from the Rams, and then drafting Greg Newsom, as well as uh, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, the linebacker from Notre Dame. So, defense got a complete reconstruction, um, which is really cool because they definitely struggled a bit last year. They had a couple of nice pieces in place, but. Um, on top of all those additions, they got Greedy Williams, their 2019 second-round pick, coming back from injury. And then Miles Garrett was banged up for a good portion of the year. So I think they have a lot to look forward to with defense. Um, and then for the first time in forever, they had a good offense last year. And they're returning pretty much the exact same group. Um including a healthy Odell Beckham Jr., which some people would try to tell you that they're better off without him, but I would say those people are wrong. <laughs> um, I know, I think you look at what Baker had to do when Odell was out, I think if you take that as just a really good learning experience for them um, and then just sprinkle Odell right back into that offense, I think it'll be a great unit. <laughs> Yeah, to um, is it cool if I give my thoughts or? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, something I really noticed they really don't really have any on the team in my opinion, since they added so many players to their defense and their secondary, which was a you know a gaping hole, you know around the end of last season and into the postseason, they pretty much plugged that, and looking at how talented both sides of the ball, I would argue that they're the most talented roster I've seen. Um, I think in the entire league, the Buccaneers would have something to say about that. Yeah. But I think just looking at purely the AFC, I I really don't see a more talented roster. Um, I think the Colts are more like balanced because like last offense, defense, and special teams – and we haven't really seen the Browns play yet, but just looking at pure on paper talent, I really think the Browns have the most talented roster in the AFC. Would would you would you concur? I wouldn't argue against you on that right now. Um, mm-hmm. I think yeah, definitely in terms of how balanced they are, um, I think they could use a little more depth at receiver. Um, is after, after Odell and Jarvis Landry, they're not the best. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I really like where their offense is at. I think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt is definitely one of the best running back duos in the league. Um, I think that system with that personnel is just really, really good for Baker's play style. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, looking at what they had on offense already and then the additions they made on defense, I think, yeah, they'll be a really good unit this year. Yeah, yeah. And the reason um, – well, one of the reasons why I am, um, I have the Ravens above them, despite all that I've said, is that they were sort of – I used this term sparingly, like, mediocre for a lot of last season. Like, they had a negative point differential for a big stretch of that, mainly because they got – destroyed by the Ravens in the first game of the year and then they got beat like 38 to 6 by the Steelers but like they also squeaked by a lot of kind of lesser teams and in pretty like like one score games like even the last game of the season the Steelers rested you know Ben and Cameron Hayward and the day Browns only won the score a bit of a playing down element that I saw last year. Obviously, they heated up in the playoffs, but um, you know, if Mahomes was playing that whole game for Kansas City and Harrison Butker was missing kicks, that game would have never have been close. So that's why I'm not 
down on them necessarily, but I just don't know in terms of how they play because like talent is one thing, but actually putting it onto a field and, and trying to produce is another. So that's why I feel like trust the Ravens more than them to win like big games. And um, I think if the Ravens ever, like let's say they went up against each other, big game or a playoff game, I, I would really trust the Ravens more to win that, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's definitely fair, especially with just how proven um, John Harbaugh is as a coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, he already has a ring under his belt. so um, And the most road playoff wins in NFL history as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, kind of Going off of what I said about their receiver group right now, um, they didn't – yeah, just looking at stats, sorry. They didn't have a single 1,000-yard receiver last year. Landry led the team with 840. And then Which makes- Rashard Higgins – yeah. And then Rashard Higgins was second with 599. They didn't have another receiver over 500. Um, so, yeah, definitely a big drop-off. Hopefully Odell can come back 100% and just be that guy that they need him to be. Um, but I think as a whole, it was definitely definitely a good learning experience last year, just being in the position that they were in, making it to the playoffs, getting that win under their belts. Um, so, yeah, all around, I expectations are high. I think they're going to come through more often than not this season. Makes sense. Yeah, I I currently have them as my fifth best team in the AFC, which, like I said, it's pretty interchangeable. Uh, Just to give my order for anybody that's curious, probably not that many people that are curious, but uh, (laughs) I'll go with the the Chiefs at one, just to reiterate, the Colts two, Ravens at three, Bills at four, than Cleveland, unless I'm forgetting anybody, but that's that's my pretty solidified, pretty interchangeable. One just the kind of pedigree they have right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, moving on. You want to get into the predictions for them this season? Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so. For optimistic for me, I have 13 and 4. Pessimistic is 8 and 9. And then realistic is pretty much right in between at 11 and 6. Um, mm-hmm. Like we said, they're a pretty young team still. Um, I think that'll come and bite them a couple times. Obviously, they have a tough opening day um, going in and playing the Chiefs. Um, but then they have a nice stretch where they get the Texans, Bears, Vikings, Chargers, um, Cardinals, and Broncos, which should be competitive, but I think those are all very winnable games. Um, yeah, so I think this can this can be pretty boom and bust for them this year, mm-hmm. but I think they're finally good enough that we can trust them to win these kind of games. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you said like with boom or bust, especially looking projecting forward with kind of like their money situation, they're sort of like in heaven right now because they have so much money to spend, which is why they've been able to build such a talented roster. But like, let's say, you know, I I feel like their Super Bowl window is a bit smaller than what people may think. Like, when you look, like, are they going to have to pay Nick Chubb? Well, probably because he's the engine of their offense. But then, like, would you give a ton of money to Baker Mayfield? Honestly, when looking at their how talented their team is versus how good he is, I would say no. I think a lot of quarterbacks produce well in that offense. I would go to arguing that it's the second easiest situation for a quarterback to play in in all of football. I would even argue it's the easiest. So, like, that, that could be a question coming up if they don't win a Super Bowl, which when looking at how talented the league is right now, it's – uh, it's never a guarantee, but especially right now, it's no guarantee. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, did so, you go through your records yet? Uh, no, no. So um, you noted that that sort of 
quote unquote like easy stretch. Um, just to note, they're playing like a third place schedule, so that's why like thinking about that, and I kind of went with optimistic is like four three. Realistic for me is uh one more than you gave them, which is twelve and five, and then kind of like I think exactly like I gave the Ravens ten and seven. So I'm I'm pretty not so pessimistic <laughs> with with a lot of my predictions, but uh yeah yeah we we're, we're pretty similar on all of these. So I kind of already gave my thoughts. So yeah, yeah for sure. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much all there's to say about them. Really young, exciting team. I think, yeah, there's a lot to look forward to there. Um, mm-hmm. So wrapping up the division, we got the Cincinnati Bengals um, coming off a bit of a disappointing year with Joe Burrow missing time with injury. Um, just a mm-hmm. lot of question marks. Um I think they're they're at an okay stage in the rebuilding process, but as you'll see with my record predictions, I'm not really super excited for them. Um, so yeah, one would, say, the one would say one would say pessimistic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the word for it. Um, so yeah, looking at the roster turnover this offseason, they lost AJ Green, longtime star receiver, uh, who's battled injuries the last couple of years. Another big one, Geno Atkins. I didn't realize that he was still out in free agency right now. Um, okay. But it's hard to imagine just thinking about the kind of big time player he was for them for so long. Um, okay. Next, John Ross, former top 10 pick taken before Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Um very Raiders kind of pick. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. He's didn't a wide receiver well. and he's fast. Take him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then William Jackson, who was their number one corner, and then Carl Lawson, their big time pass rusher. So not a ton of losses, but those are some pretty, pretty big impact ones. Um, on the flip side, they brought in Riley Reef, tackle from the Vikings. Uh, Ricardo Allen, former Falcons defensive back, Joby Awuzie from the Cowboys, um, Larry Ogunjobi, who we just mentioned before, hmm. Trey Hendrickson, very productive season with the Saints. Um, they signed Thaddeus Moss, uh, Joe Burrow's former LSU teammate, as well hmm. as drafting Jamar Chase. And then um, they took tackle Jackson Carmen in the second round and then Joseph Osai in the second which so yeah there's a lot of controversy I guess over the chase pick a lot of people think they should have went with Sewell or is it Sewell I don't know how to pronounce it I say Sewell okay um either way people weren't too happy with this pick even though it's literally what joe burrow asked for but you know what does he know um and yeah i'm kind of i kind of think i don't mind them drafting him there uh especially if it's what your quarterback wanted but what i did mind was how they traded down and missed on tevin jenkins and liam eichenberg uh, who were two potential first-round talents at the top of the second. And then they took Carmen over uh, Sam Cosby and Dylan Raduns, Raduns or whatever from North Dakota State, mm-hmm. um, who I think just general consensus were higher, um, just seemed like better prospects. I mean, obviously I'm not, a scouting expert, or I'd probably know how to say these guys' names, but <laughs> um, yeah, I just think I don't mind the strategy to draft Chase there. I just think they could have hit that second round pick better. Other than that, like I said, they're doing a decent job rebuilding. Um, but yeah, what do you think about the Bengals right now? Oh, uh, looking at them. Um, I'm a pretty big fan of Burrow, just respecting his mentality and looking at the way he's come up 
you know, from sort of like a backup quarterback at Ohio State to developing into having the greatest college football season of all time, number one overall pick, and was having the Bengals be very competitive in games where they kind of had no business being competitive in last season before he tore his ACL. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to have a really nice comeback season. Uh, I really like their offensive weapons, especially like, you know, you talked about with Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon and uh, T. Higgins and uh, Auden Tate's his name, right? Yeah. So, yeah, they, I, they have a really nice uh, core of offensive weapons. And um, I know a lot of people have been like, I've seen a lot of people be negative on Burrow because his arm strength, but um, I mean, he has a lot of like really, really good traits. Um, he's his mental processor is great. He's a really like smart sense of like escapability, and it maybe his like pure arm strength isn't the best, but he does know like one thing I noticed he has like knows how to like the proper put the proper velocity on a on a ball if that makes sense. Yeah. Where he, he maybe he's not the best at you know throwing a ball as far as possible, but he knows kind of you know how hard to throw in a certain situation, you know the throw with anticipation. So I think he's really good. I think he's do this year what he was doing before he got hurt, which was having the Bengals be more competitive in games, and they really should. You really think, which is why my optimistic and my realistic is a bit better than what you have for them. Um, and I know you talked about um, the draft. And personally, I think that passing on Sewell was kind of a huge L. <laughs> uh, just kind of due to the great pass rushers in the division, like TJ Watt and like uh, Miles Garrett. I just think that you, when there's a potential generational talent offensive lineman on the board that – really shouldn't be on the board at that point in the draft. I feel like you just got to take him. You got to protect your quarterback as much as possible because like I talked about before with the Steelers leading the league in sacks the past four seasons, looking at that Bengals offensive line, they're going to get a, they're probably going to get a bunch of them when they play Cincinnati. So like you got to try to protect Burrow as much as possible because he's the franchise and he's, know kind of what you're banking on going forward and I think he can be that but he's not going to be that if he's constantly on the ground so and I know you touched upon some of their mishaps later on but if they took Sewell uh, I feel like a lot of that would be sort of atoned for if that makes sense yeah I mean I think looking back that might have been the move if this was the alternative but I think they really needed um, they really needed a true number one wide receiver. I think Chase fits the skill set that they needed, and it definitely helps that he already has that connection with Burrow. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you like you were saying, um, Burrow gets a lot of hate right now for some reason, but he was the number one pick for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just because he had a really good team and um, a great offensive mind drawing up plays, but yeah. he, he did a great job executing that offense. I think he has a lot of really nice traits um, that might not be super flashy, but mm-hmm. he he can make deep throws. Um, we saw it in college. We didn't see it much last year, but I'm sure that'll come. Mm-hmm. Um, very underrated mobility. Like you said, great processing. Um, his ability to make throws under pressure. Or, yeah, just like not even phased by pressure. I thought that showed up a lot on tape watching him at LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think this offense has a lot of potential, but... Yeah, looking at their offensive line in particular, um, they also have a pretty low floor, which brings me to the record prediction for them. Um, I have their their ceiling, the optimistic pick at nine and seven, which I think mean, it's called optimistic for a reason. Uh, that's pretty much like that offensive line 
surprises everyone and is really good uh or at least average above average in that range um and that offense like you said a lot of great weapons they just do their thing um if they can put up 25 plus points a game they should be able to win a lot even though their defense isn't great (laughs) um but it's pretty good. And then on the flip side of that, for Wait, pessimistic thing, go ahead. Uh, I hate to be that guy, and you might want to reach through your phone and slap me for saying this, but wouldn't it be nine and eight? Dang it. Uh, did I miss one? And like, I'm not going to miss one because I, I dislike, like, one of the part about the adding the extra game is that it's so weird seeing these records because I'm so used to the normal records. I know, right? Like, it's I just, just, like, it gives me, like, a bizarre. Like, it just, like, scatters my brain looking at 9 and 8 instead of 9 and 7. Like, it, I just, like, makes me feel, like, uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I just, I don't like odd numbers. Like, I, I'm the kind of guy who goes for two in NCAA because he's already up by 50 but i want to make it an even score you know um (laughs) yeah so yeah i i don't like looking at these records either but yeah i think nine and eight is what i was going for i doubt i would have given them 10 wins um (laughs) the other floor for me is pretty low at two and 15 they got a pretty tough stretch uh, taking on the NFC North this year um, and then all the top competition in the AFC. I just obviously, well, sorry, I should add, I had two and 15 for the realistic prediction too, um, which I know is pretty rough, but there aren't a lot of games that I look at for them and think, okay, they should win that game um i expect them to finish with more than two wins but it'll be tough and i couldn't tell you which games those are going to be you know yeah yeah uh why don't you go ahead with your predictions all optimistic i gave um eight and nine it kind of similar reasons as you uh i think their offense could put up points i think that their um their defense is going to improve i think their team as a whole will improve and it's kind of like similar to the Steelers situation where their team will improve, but the competition around them is so good that odds are they're not going to be winning that many games. So um, that's why I see eight and nine is like best case scenario Uh, for realistic. I put four and 13, just um, I think they could get four wins. I think I would even, I could even see like five or six. I I think that they could be like, like we were praising Burrow. I think he can, you know, really add on to that win total. And um, like you're realistic and you're pessimistic at 2-15, and 15, that is my pessimistic, this, you know, like the worst case scenario. And, you know, their defense is giving up points and their offensive line isn't protecting bro like they would want and things like that. And especially when you look at the AFC North, um, you know, they, they usually – you know, last year the Steelers were playing like a dumpster fire. So uh, they got a yeah. win off then. But before then, they hadn't beat the Steelers. They had not beat the Steelers in five years. And then looking at how good the Ravens and Browns are, it's hard to foresee them upsetting really any of the three main teams in the AFC North. And that's six losses right there. So, yeah, I agree yeah. with you 100% there. Yeah, so, I mean, and then you never know what can happen. Divisional games are wild, especially yeah. in the AFC North. So, they could steal a game off of any of the three teams. And would I really be Because it's the Bengals. But <laughs> in, in, in a general sense, no, because anything can happen. So, obviously, there, there's never a guarantee. But as I sit here right now, I really don't – I really see them getting swept in the AFC North. And then, like, you brought up the NFC North, which is good, and the rest of their schedule is just tough. So, you know, 
pessimistic could easily be correct. Although I think it's going to be more of a middle ground with like four or five, six wins. That, yeah, that I range. definitely agree. Um, but they'll they'll have to pull out some tough games. Um, and I mean, Burrow honestly, can do that. Yeah, and he can. And he's like he has a great. Man. I I could see him leading them to some upset clutch wins, but I I don't think it's going to be enough. At least not yet. Yeah. Um. They're just so unproven from Burrow at this level to their coaching staff. There's just not a lot in place for me to expect more of them right now. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm definitely open to being surprised. So, Yeah, and I think, I think they'll just be like a competitive, I say quote-unquote bad because no NFL team is truly bad, but like a competitive bad team. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you look at what they did when Burrow was healthy this year. They went toe-to-toe with the Colts and the Browns. Um, Mm -hmm. They beat the Titans. when I believe the Titans were undefeated going into that game. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they definitely had some high points of the season. Uh, It just kind of fell apart without Burrow. So Mm -hmm. it'll definitely be interesting to see. I wonder... um, just throwing this out there, maybe if the season doesn't go great, they maybe bring in Joe Brady as head coach. Could be interesting. That um, would be that would be pretty that would be pretty brilliant. I mean, you never know with coordinators to coaches how that's gonna go, but knowing his offensive mind, I think that would be great for what the team's gonna probably need to be, because they're gonna need to kind of win off the back of their offense. For at least yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that's all speculate. Sorry. Oh, I was gonna say that's a pretty smart observation. I never really thought of that. Or even like uh, Eric Bieniemy from uh, Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's all speculation at this point. Way too early to start talking about uh, <laughs> new head coaching hires that aren't even open jobs yet. But <laughs> yeah, I just thought that would be interesting to reunite that if given the opportunity. Hmm. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, kind of feels like a downer to end the show on the worst team. But, um, no, I think I think the AFC North should be really interesting this year. Um, <laughs> obviously, like you said, all divisional games are competitive. You never know what's going to happen. Um, but especially with these three strong teams in the Browns, Ravens, and Steelers. Um, and then, yeah, the Bengals, who do have quite a bit of upside, uh, mm. especially long-term. I think, yeah, this will be this will be a fun division to watch. Um, and, yeah, I look forward to seeing how it plays out, not just this season, but down the road as well. Yeah, because uh, in my opinion – the AFC North is the second best division in football. And, uh, you know, these, these games, it's, they're, they're so competitive, so much, especially animosity between these teams. Especially the Ravens, there's so much mutual respect. And the Steelers and Browns rivalry is a bit more petty. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's never really been a rivalry for the past 20 years, but, but now it is. But, like, yeah. So yeah, that's that's a rivalry. The Bengals can always sneak out wins when they can. Although, you know, earlier in the decade they were they had some really good teams. I remember the whole game, the not to sidetrack things like the whole the playoff game, the the wild card game in the rain. Martavis Bryant catches a touchdown between his legs. Yeah, Montez Perfect takes Antonio Brown's head off, and then. <laughs> There's a thousand flags were thrown. The Steelers won that playoff game. It was probably one of the craziest football games I've ever seen. I implore people if they're listening, look back at that game. It was it was wild when you look at everything that happened. Even like Big Ben getting hurt and the Cincinnati fans throwing stuff at him as he's getting carted off the field. It, it was a it was a it was chaotic. It like when I talk about like these crazy AFC North games. Like, that is the crazy AFC North game. 
among crazy AFC North games. Yeah. Just to bring that to light. It played out like a movie. And if you uh, <laughs> like movies, check out uh, Greatness Debates Films, which is my film page for some nifty self-advertising to, yeah, to nice round this out. Shameless <laughs> self-plug there. Sneak in yeah. at the end of the show. I like it. Yeah, um, I'm already patting myself in the back. Don't worry. <laughs> no, uh, I can definitely say it's it's interesting to read up on that kind of thing on your page. So, um, oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I implore yeah, other I people think... to read too, because yeah. I I would like that. It I have a lot of fun doing both pages, so I implore people to check out my uh, film page. Absolutely. Um, cool, cool. So yeah, I think that kind of wraps things up uh, for this episode. A uh, lot of fun to be back talking about the upcoming season. Lots of exciting stuff. Uh, I think we'll be back hopefully later this week uh, talking about the AFC South, another really fun division. Um, but yeah, that's that's all for today. Um, all right. Yeah. Thanks for yeah. listening. Hope to see you back next time. Uh, Brian, thanks for joining me as always. Oh, of course. It's my pleasure. Thank you all for listening. All right. Take care, everybody. All right. Bye.